0: Welcome in to the Fog.net podcast. Michael Swain here after Kansas came away with a blowout victory over West Virginia inside Allen Fieldhouse and Kansas was able to avoid a sweep by West Virginia and avenge the January 19th loss at Morgantown and that was an very uncompetitive game. Kansas really, after a really closely contested first five minutes, Kansas used a 10-0 run followed by an 11-0 run, if I'm remembering correctly, to blow the game wide open. And West Virginia was just never able to climb back into the game. At halftime, Kansas led 43-16. to West Virginia didn't score into the double-digit mark until around 5 minutes left in the first half. And in that time, Kansas forced West Virginia into 5-of-21 shooting and 9 turnovers. So a really solid defensive performance from Kansas in the first half, but a really impressive offensive performance, I would say, even more so than the defensive performance. I mean, Kansas shot 56% from the field, 50% from three. It was just a really nice first half. Ooh, sorry, 40% from three in the first half. But overall, Kansas offensively looked in sync. They looked really nice. And then the second half, a little bit of a lull. You could really tell the energy kind of just wasn't there for Kansas. And you really couldn't blame them also. I mean, you're up basically 30 points on a team at halftime. I, there's a really tough chance that West Virginia was going to come back and win that game. Um But I think the biggest takeaway I have from this is the continued overall quality of just the way that KU has played in general since Logilovic left. And this is something that I think Bill Self has talked about a lot in every media session it feels like since Logilovic has left. It's how much fun this team has been to coach now, how much fun it is tinkering, and how much fun it is for him to watch players develop in front of his eyes. And I don't think he's, you know, really mistakenly saying these things. I think that this is on purpose. He's trying to send a message to his team, to LaGerald Vic, to whoever that this is how he wants his team to play together with joy and and I think that's something that you could see with this team is since Mitch Lightfoot and since Ochai Abaji have been able to really have increased roles, this team's overall, if you want to call it the happiness factor, that has been a lot better. You know, Ochai Baji is a guy that always has a smile on his face. I mean, he got dunked on so hard by Jarrett Culver two weeks ago at home to Texas Tech. And as soon as it happened, he had a smile on his face. I mean, he got bailed out by a call. It was called the charge. And even then, he still had a smile on his face. And, I mean, even Mitch Lightfoot yesterday, a smile on his face after Chris Tehan made a three from the corner, a smile on his face. Um, oh, what was the moment? I don't remember the specific moment in the first half, but I remember just looking down and seeing Mitch Lightfoot just with this big grin on his face. And I think that that is something that maybe you didn't see so much from this team this year, is just that joy factor, um, the enjoyment of playing the game of basketball because at the end of the day, it is a game and it should be fun. I think that that's the biggest thing that you've seen with this team so far this season is at times it really looked like they just weren't having fun. There wasn't a lot of smiles. It didn't look like there was much joy emanating from the floor. And it feels like now in the past couple games that that has really been tangible and you can feel the joy coming from this Kansas team. But Overall, I really thought that this performance against West Virginia, you can't really take too much from it, just because this is a West Virginia team that has had to deal with so much adversity this season. They don't have Sagaba Kanate, arguably one of the best rim protectors in the country, let alone the Big 12. Um, You know, they lost Isam Maud, who is... um, no longer with the team they were without I believe four starters from earlier in the season so overall I mean this West Virginia team has been going through a lot of things and you know Bob Huggins tried to take some of the blame after the game but I think just in general you could just chalk this up to circumstances outside of the basketball floor just guys not being able to play and not being able to be there so I don't know if you can take an overall a lot You know, you can't really take away a lot from the overall performance of what actually happened on the basketball floor, because this West Virginia team just is bad, honestly. Like, that's what they are. They are bad. And I think that what you can take, though, is the positivity from this team and the momentum that is building from past games and continued through this game. And I thought for me, you know, my player of the game was Devon Dotson, and he has been so good, so good since the loss at Texas. I mean, in his last five games, he's averaging 18 points on 55% shooting from the field, 50% shooting on threes, and he's attempting, I believe, somewhere over three threes per game in this past little stretch. And he was averaging one or two per game throughout most of this season. And he's also averaging five assists, five rebounds two steals all in 37 minutes per game and when I looked at these kind of splits and I'll get to Devon Dotson's kind of actual game performance I want to kind of focus on the broader trend he has been playing at but I wanted to look at and see who this would remind me of because After the TCU game, Scott compared a moment where Devon Dotson went down with the cramp at the end of the game and ended up coming up and making two really big free throws. You know, Scott compared that to a Frank Mason moment. And I went back and wanted to kind of look at the numbers between Devon kind of being on this tear and Frank's senior season, and it's kind of scary how similar the numbers are. Now, this is not me comparing Devon to Frank Mason. You know, Devon is not playing at the level of Frank Mason for the entire season. You know, this is a a very small sample size for Devon. Frank did this for an entire 36-game season. But in Frank's senior year, he averaged 20.9 points per game. He shot about 50% from the field, 49 to be exact, and then 47% from three on 4.8 attempts per game. And 13 attempts from the field per game. You know, on top of that, he had 4.2 rebounds, 5.2 assists, 1.3 steals. So the numbers are very similar between the two. And I think the biggest thing for Kansas going forward is if you're not going to have LeGerald Vic and if Quentin Grimes is going to continue to just underwhelm, let's say, then Devon Dotson playing like a Frank Mason is going to be what is going to get Kansas to another Big 12 title and what is going to get Kansas into the second and even maybe, you know, the third weekend of the NCAA tournament. But so looking at Dotson's performance solely against West Virginia, I was really impressed with him in the first half. This is something that Bill Self had said during the midweek was how well he felt like Devon had started to read screens, not only reading the screen for himself, but reading what is going to transpire once he comes off that screen. If he comes off it hard and drives downhill, what is the defense going to do? If he comes off soft and kind of sits on the perimeter and waits, you know, what is the defense going to do? And I felt like against West Virginia, you saw a lot of that. And I felt like Dotson really used the pick and roll to his advantage. I felt like there was one moment specifically where KU ran a little pick and pop for Diedrich Lawson and it was a beautifully run play by Dotson. You know, he came off the screen that it was in the first half and Dotson came off the screen and drew, you know, Lawson's man with him. They doubled, uh, Dotson and then Dotson swung it over his head to Lawson, who I believe made this shot. If I'm remembering, um uh, the sequence correctly if he made the shot or not. But it's moments like that, that Dotson coming off the ball screen hard, coming off it soft, being able to read what the defense is giving him. I think that that is something that has really developed within his game this season that maybe you hadn't seen earlier in the season where it felt like maybe he was one of, Maybe a, a one-trick pony, if you will, coming off of screens where it felt like he would only come off hard and get try and get downhill towards the rim, which is great. But there are also times where you want to kind of lead your man and maybe the uh, screener's man away so that, you know, a Diedrich Lawson can pick and pop. Or even a KJ Lawson if he starts to set some screens, you know, those type of moments are encouraging for me with Devon Dotson. And for his overall performance, I mean, 15 points on seven shots, he made his one attempt from three, went four or four from the free throw line. Overall, just a really efficient shooting night from Dotson, and I've loved that he has kind of picked and chosen his moments to shoot a high volume of threes. At TCU, you saw him shoot a really high volume north of six, which you haven't seen all that much this season from Dotson. But then... You know, yesterday, you kind of saw more of the efficient, hey, I'm going to help create for others coming off of, of screens, driving to the lane in transition. He had eight assists, two turnovers, and Bill Self said after the game that he even thought that one of the turnovers wasn't Dotson's fault. So that's, you know, eight assists and one turnover, and that's in 30 minutes of play. So that's a really solid performance from Dotson that is encouraging going forward. And for Kansas going on the road next to Texas Tech, that's going to be even more imperative for Kansas is how Devon Dotson plays. I also thought that K.J. Lawson gave KU some really good minutes in the game. And that's back-to-back games now where K.J. Lawson has scored in double digits. K.J. got 24 minutes of action, 15 points on 5 of 7 shooting Three of four shooting from deep. He was the best three-point shooter on Kansas yesterday. Nobody else. Dedrick Lawson had two threes, and then after that, just a couple guys had one. KJ has been, you can't say a revelation, but he's been a really important factor for Kansas these past two games. I mean, you can't take away the two important shots he hit against TCU, and then even yesterday against West Virginia, you saw him space the floor for Kansas, I thought him and Diedrich Lawson have been a really nice combo at the three and four because that's something that KJ Lawson has been playing more of now has been that the three role and having Mitch Lightfoot play the five with Diedrich Lawson at the four and then KJ at the three and that is a really interesting lineup because that is one where you could technically play a five out with you know all of your guys playing on the perimeter and having really big bodies on the perimeter you know you may sacrifice some offensive rebounding but even then that's also a lineup that where you could send KJ Lawson down to the paint you could send Dedrick Lawson down to the paint you can send Mitch Lightfoot down there and those are all guys that can go and get you some offensive boards and extra possessions and that is something that you haven't really seen from KU too much this season is getting those extra possessions off those offensive rebounds and that is something that going forward you could maybe see more of if Bill Self continues to use a lineup where you have a KJ Lawson at the 3, Diedrich at the 4, and Mitch at the 5. But overall, really encouraging from KJ Lawson, he still does have some things to work out on the defensive end. You know, that's always been his weak side, I guess you could say. It's not necessarily a weakness, it's just a side that he isn't as good as as on offense. You know, he is going to be a guy that is a spark plug off the bench, and he's going to be, not a liability, but he's going to have some issues on defense. He's going to foul a little bit more than you would want on the defensive end. And those are just things that you can work out. But overall, I thought really positive performance from KJ. Going forward, down the stretch, it feels like he could be a guy where he could swing some games for you. I mean, he already has. He swung the TCU game for you, and it wouldn't surprise me if he puts his handprint on another game down the stretch. I would say also that Dedrick Lawson had a solid performance, I would say. Um, Biggest takeaway I had actually post-game was Bill Self saying that Dedrick Lawson was tired and that this week off for Kansas is going to do him a lot of good. And I think that that's pretty accurate. I mean, you could... If you just think back... You know, before that Texas game, Dietrich Lawson had really lost some of that efficient scoring because teams really started throwing bodies at him and throwing physical physical specimens at him. I mean, Reed Travis, he just is a huge guy, and he was bullying Lawson down in the post at Kentucky. So it makes sense that Lawson, at this point in the season, would be worn down. I mean, KU rode him so hard for a stretch there during Big 12 play before they kind of figured out this Diedrich Lawson playing on the perimeter um, sort of role that they have him playing in now. But I've thought, you know, a solid performance from him four of eight shooting from the field, two of three shooting from three. It's his eighth straight game with a three pointer. No fouls, 14 points, only four rebounds. But I think with this more perimeter centered role and him playing at the four, he's not going to get as much as many of those double doubles as you saw him get early on in the season. Also got two assists, only one turnover. Also had a, a pretty nice steal in the paint. Um, if I do remember correctly, he swiped it away from Culver um, who, when he was posting up Lawson. And I thought that that was a um, a nice play. And I, thought, I think that Dedrick has impressed me to some degree with his quick hands in the post. It feels like every once in a while, every other game, you could say that he's coming up with one of those plays. Um, Besides that, there really weren't too many other notable performances. Um, David McCormick gave you double-digit scoring, 10 points in 24 minutes, 4-4 shooting from the field, 2-4 from the free throw line, 4 rebounds. Pretty good performance. He had 4 fouls, though. Ochi Baji also struggled with some fouls. But overall, really good performance from Kansas as a whole. So I kind of want to look at, going forward now, what the Big 12 race kind of looks like. Because we're kind of getting into the home stretch here. And this next weekend for Kansas, I don't want to be over dramatic, but it's this is going to be the make-or-break weekend for Kansas. Um, you go to Texas Tech and then at home to Kansas State on Monday. So you have a one day of preparation between the two games. And it's this is just flat out going to be the make-or-break part of Kansas' season. There's a... Uh, a world in which you can lose at Texas Tech and then beat K-State at home and still you know, be in it to have a shot to win the Big 12. But I think it's going to be tough if you don't win at Texas Tech this week to win the Big 12. But here's a good stat for you just to get an idea of how good Bill Self is with the week of preparation. So Bill Self with three plus days of scouting on a team he is 286-58. and 58, And that is second in college basketball, only behind a mark few, the head coach at Gonzaga. So Bill Self is incredible with extra time to prepare. He is going to have that going against Texas Tech this weekend. And it's going to be a big game. It's going to be a 7 p.m. tip on ESPN. It's going to be probably the biggest game of Kansas' this season. I mean, if they lose that game then the Kansas State game is a must win at home and even if you beat Texas Tech that K-State game is still a must win at home but then if you do win that game Kansas is in the driver's seat because by doing that you are therefore tied with Kansas State and that means you are tied for first place in the Big 12. So this next week is going to be pivotal for Kansas in that quest for the 15th straight Big 12 title. And that's going to do it for us today here on the Fog.net podcast. As always, stay tuned to Fog.net for all sorts of KU basketball coverage. We're going to have a ton of really good stories this week from this West Virginia game and leading into the Texas Tech game. Scott Chasen and I will be in Lubbock for the Texas Tech game and I'm really excited to get down there and to experience the game day atmosphere there um, because it's going to be a sold out crowd it's going to be a really fun atmosphere and we're also going to have some really good KU football content coming out this week as well Um, I've got a story on Luke Meadows coming out at some point this week so make sure to stay tuned for all sorts of content on fog.net As always, you can follow me on Twitter at mswain97, and you can follow Scott Chasen on Twitter at Chasen Scott. With that said, we will talk to you next Saturday in Lubbock after the Texas Tech game.